Today on the Zabecast, I went to Collegeville, Pennsylvania over the weekend, way outside of Philly, and did nothing but sit at my sister-in-law's pool. It was glorious. I did run into Bruno wingman Harry Mays of SiriusXM. We talked golf, MLB, and the upcoming anthem conundrum, and a whole lot more. All that today, plus a special three-hour head start on a cool event. Your daily Kickstarter of Uncensored Me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. Here we go. Monday, June 22nd, 2020. Thank you for joining me and thank you for downloading. Well, let me be perfectly honest. I turned off. Twitter, the news, everything starting Saturday morning. And it was great. I think I'd gotten fed up with several of the more hysterical follows of mine on Twitter, namely Karen Florio, namely Karen Rovell, even Paul Lucas of UniWatch, who I love what he does dearly. I love his passion for the aesthetics of sports, but all three of them after the coronavirus positive tests from a number of places, seemingly all at once, boom, 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 Clemson, NHL, major league baseball. Oh my. They all were like, I I don't, I don't even know how we're going to play any sports in the fall. I don't know. And I'm like, here we go again. I was exhausted by it. I said, you know what? This is pissing me off. I could tell it, you know, you consume too much social media. It's terrible for you. Even if you have, say, a thousand people that you follow, a certain small percentage is going to tweet more often than others. And even if what they're tweeting is right, if it upsets you, them being right, it's not good. You know, they're like, here's a point about something that's wrong in society. Okay, and I'm going to make that point over and over and over again. And here's an example. And here's an example. And here's an example. And you start. I got the thinking. It's like you're eating this all the time, and it it aggravates you. So it was glorious to just put it away. And I literally had no idea of what I was going to come back to when I finally turned on the computer on Sunday night after getting home from Philly and mowing the grass and blah, 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 getting ready to go up to uh, Wisconsin. I'm very excited for that. It's Wisconsin week. I'm off from the Team 980 this week, but I am on 97.3 the game, and we are going to open up our Green Bay affiliate, WNFL. It is so glorious. I'm so excited. I'm going to play golf if my wrist will allow me, and it's right now not allowing me. It's completely jacked up. But that's the schedule for the week, and I, was, I didn't know what I was going to open up at about 9 o'clock on Sunday night. Like, is it a disaster? Has any league canceled their season? Eh, I have 50 more people tested positive. What's going on? And luckily, as I – I mean, fortunately, I'm, I'm happy to say, when I turned it on the computer, I looked at the headlines. It was like – like, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, Nick Watney was uh, tested positive. He, he's been put aside on the PGA Tour. It's okay. There'll be more. There'll be more. I mean, this is as good as it's going to get Karen Florio, Karen Ravel, Karen, everyone else. This is it. There's no vaccine coming for 18 months at the earliest, if that. 
This is as good as it's going to get. Deaths in America are down 90% from April. They were at a very low point. Weekends, of course, are, are very weak reporting dates, but still. Hospitalizations are flat and continuing to decline. This second spike, these surges, it's... You look at the larger chart, the larger hump of the shape of the pandemic, you can barely see what many in the media have been hyping up the last week or so. But it seemingly is all quiet, which is great. In fact, good news for hashtag Team Reality Canada to allow hub cities to participate in the NHL's restart. Good job. NHL places no restrictions on coaches. Great. The NCAA earlier in the week approved a preseason plan for college football. Great. So there's a lot of good things in the mix. Yes, baseball players tested positive before they even reported, which means they got it where? Somewhere? By living? By being in the world? Yes. And that's going to keep on happening. You know, the Clemson story, 23 players. I think it was actually 13 positive tests. And then 10 players who were being isolated as a precaution. Even if it was 23, who cares? Who cares? It doesn't matter. In fact, the alternate headline could be, Clemson takes early lead in college football coronavirus immunity race. Somebody actually emailed me saying, I know it sounds crazy, but what if a coach decided to pump coronavirus into the vents in his locker room just to get it over with, just to get it done early, maybe even do it in the you know in August when, when training camp is there. Let them all get it, let them all sit out for 14 days, and then away they go. I said, that's crazy. I said, I, I understand the thinking, but it's still crazy. Like, you don't want to get this? Because it is a bit of a lottery. It is a roll of the dice. No matter what your age is, although the odds go way, way down, starting under 60. But you don't want to have to roll the dice if you don't have to. So I'm not on team, this is nothing, let's all get it, let's all go lick a giant pole that has coronavirus on it. No, no, I'd like to avoid it. It, it. I could be one of the unlucky ones. I get it, I could die, quite possibly. I could be hospitalized, quite possibly. I just, I have to say this now in case it happens, because I don't want anyone going, oh, Mr. Yeah, it no big deal. No, didn't say that. I'm saying life has to go on. We got to find a way. We got to live with this thing for a, a decent long time. And yeah, it's going to percolate. And yeah, it's going to bubble up at times. And yeah, it's going to overlap with the influenza season. We got to live with it. There's no other choice. Do you know they're doing the ESPYs virtually this year? Yeah. It's like, here is the one thing in sports that is the most cheesy, urset, laughed at, not taken seriously event. ESPN's annual tribute to sports. An award show for sports. It's like the Oscars for sports. Yeah. Except in sports, we have winners and losers. We have playoffs and champions and parades and trophies. And so why do we need an award show? Look, I don't mind seeing the the women in sports get all dressed up like it is their Academy Awards. They look fucking awesome. But the whole endeavor is a, is a joke, really. 
And now because of the coronavirus pandemic, they're doing it virtually. And I just saw on ESPN's front page, Megan Rapino, Russell Wilson, Sue Bird call for unity versus racial injustice. And it was the three of them staring straight into the camera with their arms down at their sides, very somber faces, and black jackets, black pants, a T-shirt that had a very righteous slogan on it. I couldn't fully read it because they had jackets on. And I just sort of said to myself, how many times have we had these lectures made to us as a public, as a sports-loving public, over any number of things? I remember this after the um, Clippers owner when they ousted Donald Sterling. And I remember this after the Eric Garner thing. And I'm just thinking, hey, man, I'm against all this shit too. And I'll do what I can. What do you want me to do? Donate money? I mean, that's what a lot of people are saying now. Donate money here, donate money there. Well, I already donate money to good causes and, and causes that I think are appropriate. It's just the constant haranguing that goes on. I, I don't know if these athletes ever step back and go, do you think they're sick of us staring into the camera, somber-faced, giving these lectures, this tut-tutting? Is there any self-awareness of that? Because I'd say most of us, 99% of the world, we're on your side to begin with. You don't need to lecture us about this. But it almost feels like they can't resist. They can't help it. And, and of course, somebody says, this will be really good. I've got a good cameraman. I've got a good concept. We'll get you all there. We'll put, put you in black, somber face, and a T-shirt. Haven't we already done that on a few different things? Yeah, we've done it, but this is different. This one's more powerful. So, anyway... Let me know if there's anything good to come out of the virtual ESPYs coming up. RBC Heritage, winner, Webb Simpson. Great guy, cannot stand him. He is the mega GGCSH. Great guys can't stand him. Just like Zach Johnson. Webb Simpson has an ugly swing, is a big, fat, storky nerd, and is so nice and sweet and polite and has a perfect wife. It's like, I can't even hate on him. It's fucking good, though. Everyone went deep on Sunday. Abraham Answer finished one shot behind the rising superstar from Mexico, who is a hell of a player. Daniel Berger, second straight week. He has been dialed in, finished two shots off the lead in a tie for third. Sergio! What are you doing, Sergio? You still play on the PGA Tour, Sergio? Do you know Sergio? I do know Sergio. There's Sergio right there. Do you know Sergio? I do know Sergio. And then Brooks Kepka. Hey, bro. Yeah. Seventh. Sucks. Pretty unhappy. It's only $239,625. I'm probably going to give it back. Bryson DeChambeau, after a quick start, finished 60, 70 and 66 Tied for eighth. That, I'm telling you, is not a bad finish for him, given the fact that that golf course does not suit his game at all. The funniest part of the uh, uh, the tournament, and I saw this, Bubba Watson wanted a ruling 
in a bunker. You had a fried egg lie, which is your ball is buried in its own pitch mark in the bunker, making it very difficult to control coming out of the bunker. So it's a very disadvantageous lie. And he noticed there was a tiny crab, a crab the size of a beetle, but he said it was a crab. And he asked for a rules official. And when the rules official finally arrived, he said, oh, it's okay. The crab flipped over and out of the way. I think it's dead. And the rules official, I, I don't know if it was Slugger White or who it was, was sort of like, so what do you want? Do you want to hit it? Go ahead and hit it. <laughs> He's like, well, no, I, I didn't want to. Bubba said, I didn't want to hit it with a crab there because then people will get mad at me. He was saying this whole, I, I don't want to take a, a drop and have the whole world be mad at me. And I don't want to kill a tiny little crab that nobody can see but me and everybody get mad at me. Dude, stop it with this bullshit. You wanted to stretch the rules and to get a free drop out of the fried egg. And thankfully, uh, the crab died or flipped out of the way. <laughs> and the rules official is probably going to go, no, you don't get that. A, bu- a bug or a crab or something else that, because he was trying to say, oh, it's burrowed under my ball. Get the fuck out of here. I tell you, these tour players, no shame. In February, when the COVID-19 virus hit, It was a distant concept to most Americans. Gold was in the $1,500 range. The Dow is over 29,000. And today, as the virus runs its course, gold is over $1,700 and the Dow is around 27,000. Major market disruptions favor gold. Instability, uncertainty, impending inflation, all favors gold. If you have not diversified some of your savings into gold, there's no better time than today. Protect your savings from any further setbacks in the stock market. Gold is a safe haven against uncertainty. The company you can trust with your precious metal purchases is Birch Gold Group. And right now, thanks to a little-known IRS tax law, you can even move your IRA or eligible 401k into an IRA backed by physical gold and silver. It's perfect for those who want to protect their hard-earned retirement savings from any more downturns in stocks. Of course, consult with your financial advisor. Contact Birch Gold Group to request a free info kit on physical precious metals. See if diversifying into gold and silver makes sense for you. The comprehensive 20-page kit reveals how gold and silver can protect your savings and how you can legally move your IRA or 401k out of risk of stocks and bonds and into a precious metal IRA. To get your no-cost, no-obligation kit, go to birchgold.com zabe. That's birchgold.com zabe. Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. Okay. Um, I think I don't have my um, I don't have my Grover handy, but I got this. Time for your Major League Baseball update. Do we have a deal to play baseball? Your answer is. Hey, now I got zero. I got zero. I got no bid here. I got zero. I'm standing at zero. Anybody want to go higher than zero? I got zero right now. Okay, over there, no zero. I got not. I got zero. I got bupkis. I got zero. Nothing. Hey. It's incredible. Whole weekend comes and goes. Nothing. Not even close. Nada. There's barely any headlines anymore. All right, let's talk to our friend Harry Mays. I brought him into the free hugs and candy van outside his club in New Plymouth. New Plymouth? Plymouth Meeting. Plymouth Meeting, Pennsylvania, for a little chat over the weekend. 
All right, we are in the free hugs and candy van. The great Harry Mays is with us today on a glorious Saturday morning. Co-host to the Tony Bruno Show on Sirius XM 3 to 6 on 211, the Dan Patrick Channel. Good morning, Mr. Mays. I'm interrupting your warm-up routine for your glorious Saturday golf round. It's a beautiful day, Zabe, and I'll tell you what, uh, I'm looking forward to playing golf today, but this, (laughs) I am so glad I got to experience this. This is what rivals, the only thing that rivals this is what I imagine the Rolling Stones mobile studio back in the day. Where they recorded so many of their great albums. You mean the, t- the tour bus? Yeah. Where they would bring all no, the... No, no, no. Uh, they had a mobile studio. Oh, they did? Yeah. On, on like Stones. a studio. Yes. And they, they lent it out to a lot of other bands recorded albums using the, their mobile studio. And I can just... I mean, this is, you know, right up there with that. That's all right. This is awesome. It's all right. It's nice. Is it cool enough in here for you? I got the AC right. perfect. Okay. Perfect. All right. So anyway, we're, I was bragging about your club, the 1912 club here. This is in what town again? Plymouth Meeting, Pennsylvania. Yes, the great Plymouth Meeting. And uh, nice course designed years and years ago by somebody nobody knows, but just an old-school private club in the Philly suburbs with small greens, interesting Mm -hmm. holes. Yep. Good membership, you know. Fun group. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's a very social group. A lot of of drinkers. Good food here. (laughs) Wow, drinkers. Yeah, a lot of drinkers. Yeah, imagine Um, that. Imagine that indeed. (laughs) All right, so uh, we got a lot to talk about today. Let me start with this. How are you and Tony holding out? You launched your show in the middle of the pandemic. Right, the first week of April. We've been on the air for 11 weeks now. 11 weeks of what I have said, Harry, and you've been in sports radio a long time. I tell people this has been the most brutal and difficult time to do what we do in my entire career. Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, you've been at it longer than I have, but you remember how you used to dread July every year, right? You know, because baseball kind of is a daily thing, but it doesn't really give you a whole lot of content on a daily basis. And the month of July would seem to drag on for three months until football came back to camp. Right. And then you had February, that little down period after the Super Bowl, until the NCAA tournament or whatever. Those were like maybe seven weeks out of a year. Here we have 11, 12, 13, 14 straight weeks of nothing. 98 days and counting, almost 100, I think, on the Saturday of basically since sports shut down. Yeah. Some have spooled up just again, but we've got the baseball drama talked about to talk about and other stuff. The thing about the way it, the dynamic is, so you're right, it feels like July, but it feels like Groundhog Day, July 15th. Every day. When added to that, you know in April and May and June you should be enjoying the best part of the sports year. Golf is starting up. You got baseball, NBA Finals, NHL Final, all that stuff. And so you're pissed because that's not happening. Mm -hmm. On top of that, there are things you have to be careful about because of the social unrest And people also are on two sides about the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. So those you have to dance around carefully. And then on top of it, Harry, there's the uncertainty of, is anything going to get up and running again? How is it going to get up and running? Is it going to suck? Is football going to be affected? When you're in July for a normal sports radio year, yeah, it's slow, it's hot, it's boring. But you know football's coming. And you are so excited for it. Right. There's so much to look forward to. Right. We can't look forward to anything right now. Right, and you're right about there's a lot of landmines right now oh, you know, yeah. as far as that you've got you to dodge. 
But that's the thing I think that affects me the most is the future and not knowing yes. if there's going to be football. College football, you and I love college football. I mean, to me, it's... You do Temple pregames. I used to. I okay. don't do it anymore. But I just love sitting around on a Saturday afternoon and, you know, yes. with the multiple TVs, as you know, as you have, too, and just watching multiple games and betting. And it's just, it's the greatest. Or to come on a nice fall morning to a, a golf course like this and hear college football on the radio, hear it in the air, feel it in yep. the air. Yeah, that fall feel, you know, that late September, early October. It's just, it's just the greatest. I don't know that we're going to have that. And I don't know, even if we do have that, if there's no fans or limited fans in the stands, it's not going to be the same. No, it's not. I don't know if anything's going to be the same anymore. And that's for scary. For the near term. Yeah, I mean, for the Eventually, near term. Eventually, right? Well, I hope. <laughs> I hope. I don't know. Here's, here's my take, you know, so... Obviously, Friday into Saturday mm-hmm. was a big pop, 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 pop of a lot of positive tests. Right. Clemson, 23 guys or 13 plus 10 exposed. Uh, the Phillies had to shut down their camp. They had a small outbreak. There's been a couple NHL players. Baseball on Saturday shut down all their camps for the moment, even though they're not even, they don't have a plan yet to come back and play. Right. And there was a <gasps> positive test on the PGA Tour. Nick Watney. Nick Watney. Right. Yeah. right. I'm like, he's still plays i didn't even know he was still on the tour <laughs> exactly <laughs> didn't he win his one event up here in philly at aronomic when they had the uh, event that was I down think, i think you're right I think that yeah. was one of the ones he had so here's my big question for the people that are saying duh that's that we can't play sports this fall okay when right what's your plan tell me a plan and give me a goal because if you don't have a goal like saying our goal should be to limit infections to under this and to develop a treatment that or our goal is to wait for a vaccine, tell me how you're going to achieve that goal because you could be looking at three years. Right. There's no guarantee of a vaccine. There's exactly. so many viruses out there that we still don't have vaccines for. Right. But we live our daily lives. Right. You know, somehow we get around. Right. And so survive. Those, right. So if you're in the in the crowd of, oh my God, look at all these positive tests mm-hmm. and we gotta shut it down. There's no way we can play football in the fall. I just urge you to say, here's what my plan would be. Don't just throw your hands up and go, Well, my plan is to save lives, you insensitive bastard. Right. That's not a plan. That's a wishful thought. Right. You that selfish is an SOB. All you want is your sports back. Right. Yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, exactly yeah, selfish right. as fuck. Yeah. Got it. You know, it's a Livelihood. Huge, it's a huge part of our economy. Forget about just what you oh, and I yeah. do. I mean, think about the impact of no football. If there was no college football or pro football this fall and winter. I think it's like one-eighth one eighth of our economy. Devastating. I'm not an economist, Harry, but I believe it's no, one-eighth. And all the ripple <laughs> effects of all the things that it touches. Sports, bars, yeah. restaurants, travel, you name it. No, no question. Well, my... My, my belief, my general belief is we stumbled into this pandemic, mm-hmm. agreed, because yes. we were not fucking ready. No. No PPE, the tests we didn't have, the CDC fucked up the test, we were late in getting it. And the expert, Dr. Fauci, told us there was nothing to worry about in late January, right? Yeah, exactly. He said, if you're young, go on a cruise, have fun. Right. He also said, no, oh, masks don't work. And now he's like, no, you got to wear a mask. Right. So we stumbled into it. We're stumbling through it. And we're going to stumble out of it. <laughs> stumble out of it. Okay. It, it, like, I've stumbled out of many places. <laughs> yes, I'm used exactly. to that. Exactly. Um, why do you think some in our business, Harry, hmm. tweet and talk and act as if they're on hashtag team virus? 
Yeah, I don't get it. Do you it. understand that dynamic? I really don't. It's almost like there's a portion of people in the sports media business that almost don't want sports to come back. Right. That's the vibe I get from, from just watching how they react to said stories like yesterday. Any bit of bad news, there's yep. a giddiness in their tweet. There's a snarkiness in their tweet. There is a I told you I so told you in so. their tweet. Yep. And I think to myself, is it their way of flexing, I'm more sensitive, I'm more knowledgeable, I care more, I'm above the whole, hey, we got to get back and play, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a more of a humanitarian than you are. Right, it's a virtue signaling type is of thing. Is it a virtue I think flex? it is. I think okay. it is. In other words, like, all you care about is sports. There's bigger things at play here. Like, right. this is... This is bigger than sports, right? And only I and I know that, and you don't. Yeah, you know the, what I mean. The biggest thing, the biggest guy has been Karen Florio. Karen oh. Florio is oh. off the rails. I don't follow him. I, I, well, that's a <laughs> PFT. Thing. Yes, yeah. and and and, uh, and I think to myself, he built a hell of a business off a website that was like the drudge of the NFL. Right. Just it was big, an aggregator, basically. Right. right? Just big bold headlines mm-hmm. with some added stuff. I give Florio credit for that. Sure. That was brilliant. He was a shitty, failed, miserable lawyer. By the way, his legal instincts, whenever he starts writing about legal opinions, I'm like, thank God he got out of law. Right. Because you're not very sharp. But I respect his business acumen of what he has built. Sure. Question. Is he not afraid of the economic impact of what no football would mean for him in the fall? And why doesn't he then kind of hedge himself a bit to go, I'm not going to root Team Virus. This is my life. Right. Maybe he's so papered up, it doesn't matter. It's sort of like the people. <laughs> he's so rich. It's sort of like the people that want to you know, get rid of the police. It's like they can afford security for themselves. They right. don't have to worry about it. The panic room crowd that's all the way out in the far exit, right? right? On right. 10 acres. Yep. Yeah, that's yeah. me. But I don't, have a, I don't have a panic room. You don't, <laughs> and you don't have armed guards. <laughs> exactly right. right. <laughs> Hopefully I have an address that's unfindable. No. All right. Uh, moving on. Bryson DeChambeau. Huh. I want your unified take on the current tour Frankenstein that is Bryson DeChambeau. I, at first when he hit the tour, you know, with all his oddities, you know, the, the uniform length clubs and, you know, the whole bit. I couldn't watch him. I can't watch him putt. He looks like, like he's so stiff. Right. It just annoys me, right? right? There's nothing natural or, you know, feel about him. No. Right. Everything's mechanical. But the guy, it works for him. Sure. He's amazing. He's and, been posting top fives all year. Yeah. And now he's just ripping the ball 330, 340 yards, whatever it is. Uh, I'm starting to come around on him. What about I really? Slow, am. What about the slow play? Well, that's annoying. He's not the only one, though. But that, but he's it, super. He slow. really is. Yeah. Um, I uh, when it comes to Deshambo, if if it weren't for the preening about the science, mm-hmm. I could maybe get into him. Maybe even with the slow play, because what, what do I care? I'm not in the group behind him. Right. Right. And I don't have to watch him meticulously line up shit. And calculate everything. Yeah. yeah. I, just the way that he's like, I'm doing this scientifically. I'm like, okay, bro, slow down. <laughs> but, but it I, seems to be working. Right. You know, when he first came on tour, they said, good player, obviously, having won the U.S. Amateur and uh, collegiate events and everything else. But hits real low stingers that run, which won't play at all courses in all weather conditions, especially when it's wet. Mm-hmm. Well, look what he's done. 
He has changed his swing, and now he's he's eating like a maniac because he believes the extra weight, not just muscle, but weight, weight, mm-hmm. that kind of weight, Harry. Like us. That you and I yes. know. <laughs> he thinks that is giving him more oomph coming through the ball. Incredible. Well, I'm, 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 I like that. <laughs> it's a hell of an experiment. <laughs> it really is. But it, it, this week he's at, and by the way, do we know where he's at on Saturday morning? I'm not following the leaderboard. Well I think enough. he's in second place, a shot behind. Okay. Yeah. So even at a place that doesn't let you let the bomb big and dog, gouge, you right. can't bomb and gouge at Hilton no. Head. Have right. you played there, by the way? No, I have not. Tony it's Bruno has. Nice. Yes. <laughs> or as he would say, beautiful. Exactly. Uh, by the way, Hilton Harbortown is the biggest joke of a tight course ever. And by joke, I mean it's a great course. But I stood on the first tee, and I go, where's the hole? And they're like, it's there. And I go, but those are two sets of eucalyptus trees that are this wide. Mm-hmm. And they go, well, yeah, maybe you hit an iron. I go, that's yeah. crazy. And it's 17 more holes of that, basically. It's yeah. beautiful, though. It's beautiful. Okay, moving right along. Philly. How has it been in Philly? I look from afar, and... There was a lot of lot of action, as they say, in Philly with protests and some violence. Yeah, and I, I follow you and I follow Tony on Twitter, mm-hmm. and uh, and some statues coming down as well. Yep, it's uh, it's cancel culture all over uh, the city of Philadelphia. You know the the statues. I don't really get it because I'm one that says, hey, it's part of our history, and part of our history is bad. And it's you know, not an endorsement. Exactly. Right. right. It doesn't endorse how I feel now, today, in these modern times. Right. You know, the way they did a couple hundred years ago or what, what this person represented back then or whatever. Right. But people want to rip them down. You know, it, it doesn't really bother me, but I don't like it. Like, I'm not chanting why do they, the opposite. Why do they take down Frank Rizzo's statue? Well, there's some, uh, I guess, former mayor racial... Okay. Issues when he was the uh, police commissioner and then okay. mayor. There's you know there's some history there. Okay, why did the statue go up in the first place? Good question. That's a good question. Why are we putting statues up? <laughs> really? Do we need statues? There are no statues here. Have you ever done a statue segment on sports radio about who should or should not have a statue? No, we're not there yet. We're not there That's yet. Probably next week. If, it, if they cancel football, then we'll be oh, on that. We'll definitely be there. Because uh, Nick Saban has one outside uh, the stadium. Alabama Stadium. Right. And I say, well, he should. Like, my general feeling is, until you're dead, mm-hmm. you shouldn't have a statue. Right. In general. Right. He has one. He's still coaching there, but he's won six championships. Exactly. So, fuck He's you. in rarefied air. Right. Same but, with Belichick if he had a statue. Right, but it, it, can you imagine how grumpy that statue oh, be, would look with the cutoffs, the cutoff <laughs> exactly, sleeves? Be great. Yeah. Robert Griffin III has a statue at Baylor. That's right. And you're like, what? Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, really. Well, anyway, so have, have things. You know, your studio for uh, your show, which by the way, you can watch it too, can't you? Correct on YouTube and on Twitch. Okay. Yeah. Do you understand Twitch? I don't. I don't. I understand YouTube, but not Twitch. I I need to start understanding Twitch because it's apparently where all the kids are. Mm -hmm. Doing the gaming. Exactly. All right. How do you find it on Twitch? Just Tony Bruno Bruno Show. Show. Tony Bruno Show on Twitch. 
and right. on YouTube. All right, so you, you guys are down there in Philly mm-hmm. in Tony's basement. In the basement. wine cellar. The wine. Yeah, it sounds <laughs> better than basement. Don't call it a basement. It's the wine, wine cellar. cellar. Yeah. It's funny. I watched Tony fix up that house in Philly on his uh, Twitter feed for mm-hmm. a couple years. With, he did it um, himself, basically. Yeah, with yeah. Miss Robin. He's yeah. like, all right, here's our project today. Mm-hmm. And now he's doing the show out of the basement. He's is- really good at that. He could have been a, like a contractor. Really? Like, he's really good. Okay. Yeah. And did he grow up in that house? Uh, he grew up, I believe, in the house right down the street. Okay. Because his mother still has her house just like a half a block away. And that's South Philly? Yes. That's authentic right yeah. there. That's that's where Tony Bruno's authentic Philly comes from. No question. Growing up in South Philly. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Berks County. Okay. Like west of Reading, about an hour and 15 so minutes So you're a Pennsylvania here. kid, yes. but not Philly. But now you're Philly. And you went to Temple. Correct. How's Temple football going to be this year, if they play? If they play, I think they'll be okay. I think okay. they'll win probably eight games and go to some crappy bowl that uh, Tony doesn't want me to watch. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you like the fact that Temple was able to lift itself out of abject suckitude to be decent as yes. a program? Oh, yeah. You probably I, like that, There's right? a tremendous sense of pride to go eight and nine wins in a season in two straight years winning ten games. That doesn't happen. Didn't, so. didn't uh, What conference were you in that said, we're kicking Temple out because they're bringing the neighborhood down? That was the Big East back in the day. <laughs> In football. They're yes. like, yeah, Temple, you're going to have to leave. Correct. Because you were two wins a year if right. you were hot. It's like we were relegated, <laughs> like English soccer. Right. You know? uh, what do you think about baseball and the back and forth in regards to the money? That's just nauseating, especially at this time with what a lot of people are going through. Yeah. Uh, it's. Are you, know, you on one side more than the other? You know, if I weren't in this business and wanted 15, 20 minutes a day of content, maybe of the last night's baseball action, I couldn't care less if they ever come back. I've replaced really? baseball. You have. I've you've replaced. C- you've it. canceled. Yeah. When I canceled, I replaced it. <laughs> I don't like that word cancel. I've replaced okay. it with the PGA Tour and just going out and playing golf on the weekends or, you know, right. Monday, Tuesday night. I'll watch a. You know, I'll watch Bosch. Did you know Bosch? It's a great show. What's Bosch on Amazon Prime? What's Police it about? detective. Really good. Oh, we got to cancel that. It's police. Well, it all police show. You better enjoy it before it's gone. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, that's interesting about you can't you're not replacing baseball. So you didn't grow up like a big Philly fan. I or grew a up a big baseball fan. fan. You did. I did. And you know, through the Phillies, you know, great years in 08, 09, 10, 11, and so forth. I was into it, but the analytics and. Scott Boris ruined. He ruined the hot stove season. We used to have fun in the off season talking about Who's guys going, going here and there, right. and that's gone too. Yeah, he ruined that, and I think analytics is ruining the game. It is. What it, what I say this about baseball is that because of the data, computers, and the technology to track every hit, exit velocities, mm-hmm. shot to you know launch hit, angles, hit to, launch angles, all this stuff. The game was never intended to be able to leverage that data to predict outcomes so accurately. And now you see the manifestations of it. The data says this asshole can't hit it to left. Right. So if he tried. So here's nine guys over here. And the game was never meant to be that way. So it's like technology and data and the nerds have hacked baseball. And by hacking it, they've ruined it. I totally agree. So is there a way to fix baseball? To unhack it, can you mandate positional starting points like circles where the players have to begin for every at-bat? 
or is that just a Band-Aid on top of the problem? I, maybe that could work. I mean, uh, it's something that would be a step in maybe the right direction. Okay. But this whole thing where it's either a strikeout or a home run also is just yeah. it's the tr- the so-called three true outcomes. Yeah. Or how many strikeout, home run, or walk something like that. The nerds call it that. No, is that what? Yeah. Is that what they three, do? The three true outcomes. So this is interesting. You are you grew up a big baseball fan, mm-hmm. and you're now as good as done with it. I wonder if. Rob Manfred or anyone from the owner's group were sitting right in that chair next to us. Mm-hmm. And you said this. If I would look at him like this and go, well, yeah. like, you think he's lying? Like, these ties are being severed mm-hmm. every day with the sport and those who used to love it. Right. It's still fun, you know, maybe once or twice to go down to the ballpark during the season and, you know, right. have a couple hot dogs, some beers, and enjoy the day. But as far as... The day-to-day, you know, following of the game, right? It's over for me right now, yeah. and I don't know if it's ever coming back. Wow, yeah, it's a tough thing. So, are you more players or more owners on this particular dispute? They're stuck on ten fucking games. Yeah, seventy versus sixty. Yeah, why not just make sixty-six games a nice even number no, right no. in between? No, because then somebody would win. The owners would win, or no, the players would win. At the players 66. would win. Yeah, right. Sixty-five is a true tie, but that's a weird number for a season. Mm-hmm. Somebody said they should make the season 61 games because it'll have an asterisk, just like 61. Ah. An asteri- ah, I like ah, that. See what I, did I like there. that. All right, so you're not either side. I go no. back and forth, by the way, because on the one hand, I'm like, you know what? The players are right. These owners are fucking them over. They didn't bid on Machado or Harper. They basically colluded to keep that market from blossoming up. Mm-hmm. They are... Teams are tanking on purpose. Seven, eight, nine teams a year mm-hmm. are just tanking, saying we want the young, cheap players we've got arbitration control over for as far as the eye can see. Uh, and then I'm like, yeah, but the players are fucking unreasonable. Mm. I mean, who hasn't lost money in this pandemic? Right. The Taking owners a, should lose money, too. Right. But, which yeah, they the, will. But the players should be like, hey, guess what? I'm doing more now with less since Sally unfortunately got laid off. My longtime right. producer, you know. Now he's in the, in the political realm, yeah. running for office. Yeah, but I lose my longtime producer of 20 years due to layoffs, and I'm doing more with less, no content, and taking a pay cut for a chunk of the year. Mm-hmm. Hey, baseball players, what, do you think you're fucking immune from this? I know. Step in the chair, take your haircut. That's like Blake Snell. Yeah. Remember? That I know about that comment. I mean, <laughs> yeah. seriously. And he's like, my risk is through the roof. Yeah. Like, shut, shut up. Your These are the healthiest the people on the planet. Exactly. You know, that's risk. why I, I throw up my hands when people are like, oh, my God, there's an outbreak. I'm like, yeah, this is a 24-year, 25-year-old healthy people. They're yeah. going to be fine. Yeah. And then one last uh, landmine to step around before we let you go play golf. The NFL anthem is going to be interesting because – so many teams and so many coaches, they're all going to be in, mm-hmm. assuming it's played. The, the season is played. And I'm wondering, what if a player says, look, I respect anyone's right to kneel, but I stand yeah. for the anthem. Will that player be vilified? That is the thing that I fear because I don't know that everybody's, everybody's not on board with anything. Okay, right. So there's going to be some outliers. And that could tear apart locker rooms very yes. quickly. I'm okay with the kneeling. Go ahead, you know, do whatever you we've, you know, we have that right. So right. go ahead and do it. Um, and if my teammates, if I was on a team and my teammates were going to kneel, I'd kneel with them. 
but there could be some outliers, and that could fracture locker rooms. And you know, I I don't and I don't look forward to having to talk about stuff like that. Exactly. In Me October, neither. November, whatever right, it is, because that will be dicey. Yes. Uh, God help the first NFL player who stands up and says. I totally respect people kneeling, but I'm going to stand. I mean, look at Drew Brees. Look what he went through. (laughs) As soon as he said what he said, I just did a face palm. I go, bro, you walked right into a hornet's nest. (laughs) It's like, I thought you were smart. I I thought Drew Brees was smart. I'm starting to think he's not as smart as I thought he was. I agree. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So what are you going to shoot today, do you think? No, probably. I hope I shoot in 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 the 80s today. In the 80s? Yeah, mid-80s. I would that'd love that. That'd be a good number yeah, for you here? that'd be a good number for me. To... Light breezes, perfect conditions, yeah. beautiful. I'd love to play with you, but my wrist is not right. I know. You, you invited me not only Friday, but Saturday, and I apologize. Couldn't take advantage of it. Yeah, we'll have to get you out with Tony, because Tony's now begging me to come play. Dude, I'd love to play yeah. with the Godfather. I you know. know. You know I love the God. I revere the Godfather, but he's a mysterious man. He's got like 30 Inclusive. clubs in his bag. <laughs> Does he really? Oh, he's got like six drivers. It's unbelievable. How is your Achilles? Was it your Achilles you no, blew out here? I blew out my ankle. Oh, your ankle. Slipping Full. on acorns. acorns. Correct. In the fall. Yeah. Uh, broke two bones, tore two ligaments. I got a plate about this long over here, and then I've got uh, two or Six pins wow. in this side. Wow. Yeah. But it's all better? All better. How's your 40 time? Uh, it's very slow. I don't, I don't really run anymore. Are you back to your normal numbers? No. <laughs> all right. No. Harry, thanks for coming in the free hugs and candy van. And uh, I'm going to go watch you tee off and heckle you. It's and then t- I'm leaving. 10-10 is the tee off. <laughs> okay. Very so, good. All right. All right, buddy. Thanks. You got it. Thank you. All right. Let's end on this I am pumped to announce the first annual 97-3 The Game Caddy Day Tournament at Washington County Golf Course in Hartford, Wisconsin. It's the replacement for the Bloody Horns, which met an unfortunate death due, well, to the bankruptcy of the Bull Golf Course. Here you go. This is This tournament... Is just going to be my annual tribute band tribute to the greatest golf movie ever made, Caddyshack. This is from the Caddyshack soundtrack. It's actually the track called Make the Move by Kenny Loggins. They blended this into the I'm All Right, which was, of course, the theme song for it, but this was the prelude music that started the movie. So here's the deal. I did the Bloody Horns for years, eight years, and it was a great, fun thing that really was only suited for the golf course. We played it on, the Bull at Piner's Farms. It's a spectacular Jack Nicklaus layout that was as hard as you could imagine it. We played it from the back tees, and it was good fun. And we played it as that concept. We said, if you're a good golfer twosome, you know, see who can go lowest as a two-man scramble, very hard, back tees, hardest pins, and a lot of guys played and they sucked and they said, I don't care, I just want to come out and play in your tournament, Zabe, and I'm like, all right, cool. Well, because the bull went into bankruptcy this past year and it just got bought on like the third try, it's not currently open, so we thought about, do we do the same tournament and call it the Bloody Horns somewhere else? You know, set up another course really hard and call it the Bloody Horns. And I'm like, it just doesn't feel right. 
So I said, you know what? Let's go the opposite direction. Let's make this a fun scramble where if you don't play golf, but maybe once a year, if you totally suck, come on, come on. If you just love the game, even though you don't play it very well, come on. And we're going to we're gonna Caddyshack it up. I figured this is my tribute band to Caddyshack this tournament. So it is a four-man event, and you can enter. It's Thursday, July 30th, 10 a.m. We'll do a live broadcast of the show from the golf course, and there'll be pretty much the entire station out there all day. I'm, I'm hoping they all get to play in the tournament. I'm not the boss, but hopefully they'll give them, Tim will give them the day off or something. And uh, I hope you join us out there. It's going to be a great time. We don't have a huge field. We kept it limited for reasons like, you know, first time for a new concept, whether it's Zave Vegas or anything else. It's like start low, sell out, and then build success from there. Don't say, I want 500 people the first time out. So it is going to be an event that I think sells out pretty quickly because we've got about 100 spots uh, for people, and that's about 25 foursomes. So 125 bucks a man, you get a round, you get uh, food, you get two drink tickets, you're going to get a swag bag, I'm going to get some cool stuff. Don't know what yet, but I'm going to get it going. Here's how you sign up. Go to thegamemke.com and check out uh, the front page there. It should have a link. Also, I've got a special website called Caddy. Day uh, caddyday.com C-A-D-D-I-E dash day dot com I kind of wish I had done caddy with a Y dash day because I looked up afterwards there's t- two ways caddy is spelled golf caddy the proper way was caddy with an I-E and I went with that but then I realized as I looked at the Caddyshack stuff they spelled it caddy with a Y every single place and instance it was so there you go first annual 97.3 the game caddy day tournament it won't be announced until 7 15 a.m on my show monday so by downloading this early and listening to it now you get a jump start on everybody else go to caddy-day.com c-a-d-d-i-e-day.com and uh well you'll hear a lot, lot more about it as we get all the things uh dialed in and put together for the tournament. So we look forward to having everybody out there for a great day of golf, drinking, grab assery, general guy fun. And of course, everybody from the radio station that I know and love, uh, including Dario, who nobody loves, but we like him enough, I guess. We'll be out there as well. All the zoo animals, as I like to say, out there at the tournament. So come on, come one, come all. It'll be Thursday, July 30th, and we'll see out there at Washington County Golf Course, which is a outstanding, standing golf course, especially for a municipal course. It hides in plain clothes, plain signage outside. The name is plain Washington County golf course. It is a great public course and we're going to have a lot of fun that day. Okay. There it is. That's the show for today. Thank you very much for downloading everybody. Tell a couple of friends. There we go. Why my uh, music machine is so sluggish today, but anyway, So uh, there you go. Uh, Thank you for downloading. Tell a couple friends. I'll be doing podcasts from Milwaukee this week. I will not be doing the afternoon show for WTEM. And I'm going to be playing some golf up there if my wrist permits. And uh, be a nice semi-vacation for me. So Wisconsin, here I come. I got my full respirator for the airplane so people can look at me like a complete weirdo. 
Thanks for listening. Have a great Monday, and we will see you next time. Do, 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 do.